0: What's up, shitbags? I'm back. It's St. Helen. This is Shop Shop Economics. And I'm here for a very special episode. Hell yeah.
1: Fuck yeah. How long has
2: it been? God damn. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Too Probably long. Been Seriously. Like two months. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you're out there fighting the good fight. Um, we're just posting on the internet.
0: Um. I think <laughs> I, I, I think what you guys are doing is good. I mean, like, that's why I, like, you know, was so on board when we were starting this, you know, it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Just like, there aren't many leftist outlooks on specifically economics out there. Especially ones that aren't just dry, like, 65-year-old fucking guy droning on about the tendency of the rate of profit to fall. So <laughs> I mean, tries. we need that in the world, it gives we also need this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... and yeah, I'm, I'm back because, I guess, I'm on the streets, so you don't have to. Um,
2: <sighs> yeah me so wishes I could
1: join you, but I ain't ready. And shit's, like, waiting on a, like, jagged edge in San Francisco. So we're watching everything that's going on. And speaking of, so shit really seems to have gone down in the last, like, 48 hours in Portland.
0: Yeah, um... We Yesterday, as of over... it, it is, it has kind of always been spicy here. But mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday the twenty ninth, there was this huge Trump uh, like cruise rally where everyone gets in their you know overpriced trucks and they drive this route and stuff, and they were doing this big old giant motorcade and, um, basically. A bunch of them broke off and decided to get into like fights and stuff with the protesters yesterday who were at uh, the Justice Center, a very traditional location. <laughs> I see. Well, um, so so they like pretty normal. You know, they're, yeah, they're
2: the...
1: doing the whole, you know, brilliant five year old boy tactic of throwing rocks at a hornet's nest.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah um basically what happened yesterday was there were a ton of fascists hovering around the justice center area so the planned location for the protest was moved and to the justice center to protect using numbers um the people who are there all the time you know uh yeah. houseless people People who live in the area, people who work in the area, you know. And so, you know, a uh, big old group arrived there. And just from the get-go, it was basically a counter-protest. Um, and uh it turned out that their Patriot Prayer had showed up. They hadn't really showed up last Saturday during the... Famous confrontation with like Alan Swinney waving his gun around and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Patriot Prayer was there and they were being Patriot Prayer. Um,
2: yeah. For, for- um, would you mind going briefly into like who these fuckers are? Because if you're not in the Portland area, uh, it's not that well known a name.
1: Yeah, they they kind of sometimes get blurred by the media with, like, the Proud Boys and shit, so.
0: Yeah, the Patriot Prayer are, like, a pretty specific group. Uh, Much like how the Proud Boys are a specific group with the uniform and stuff, uh, Patriot Prayer has their own, like, hats and t-shirts and stuff. And they've got their own flag. It's a really neat flag that really shows what they're all about. It's uh, the stars and stripes, but instead of the stars, there's just a big cross. Uh-huh. Because they're Christian dominionists. It's they're like fasted. Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> they, these are the people who want a Handmaid's Tale. This is, like, literally handmaid, a Handmaid's Tale was written about these guys. About, like, their predecessors. Um, and so, that's who Joey Gibson is, if you've ever heard of him. Um, he's their leader. And he's gotten in a lot of trouble um and he got in trouble last night too but that wasn't even the main thing normally having an angry mob chase joey gibson halfway across downtown and then have him get bear maced and escorted out by police would be a uh (laughs) would be a top tier item for the night but um there was you know uh, car charges through the crowd. We've gotten pretty good at those. No one was hurt. Um, but there also was a confrontation in which uh, Proud Boy Jay Bishop, also known as, I want to say, Eric Daniels, or Eric Danielson, um, Aaron, sorry, uh, Aaron Daniels, he uh, gotten some kind of confrontation we hear there was bear mace uh, used by him. We hear there was regular mace used by him. We hear there uh, there was perhaps uh, he fired a gun. Uh, I saw some footage, and it seems like he did fire a gun. And then someone else shot him uh, right in, right in the chest. And now people are very mad because he's dead wow
1: <laughs>
3: like, I mean
2: I think we know how we feel about his death
1: I oh no <laughs> What whatever shall we do without Jay Bishop
0: yes sob
1: sob like yes, this is a yes. guy
0: who it, I hope some at least someone here is who's listening, is familiar with the uh, Max Stabbings, in which a racist uh, Patriot Prayer affiliate, uh, Jeremy Christian, got on one of our little fun trains and uh, he was being incredibly racist and yelling at these two poor Muslim women, and some guys came up and were like, hey, you can't do that, and he killed two of them, and Uh, slit the throat of another who survived. Um, Jay Bishop publicly defended him Mm -hmm. in multiple occasions and said that uh, the victims had it coming and that Jeremy Christian was a good man and was fighting for America and shit. And so it's no surprise to me than a man who defends such violence uh, would end up in such a violent situation to where he's got a 9mm hole in his chest. Yeah. I mean...
1: <clears throat> if you're rampaging around in truck macing random people in Portland because they might be anti-fascists, you're probably a fascist asshole. You know? Yeah.
0: I like... mean, like, honestly, like, this guy is you know, he's one of the, he was one of the worst of them. Like, (laughs) he really was. He was, like, out and out, like, a Christian fascist. He was pro-hate crime. He was, like, he was openly pro-hate crime. And, yeah. And so, uh, of course, Donald Trump had to tweet about, like, R.I.P. Listen, peace, Jenny.
1: Yeah, so... Because the only thing he knows how to do is whip it out.
0: <laughs> it's... Well, you know... Uh, as events showed last night, uh, we can whip it out, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I'm... I was actually... I was on the ground last night. Um, I'm on the ground a lot of nights. Probably most nights. Um... And... It was scary. There was a lot of uh, disinformation running around. People didn't know who was shot. They thought someone was shot by, you know, a MAGA person. Uh, And then eventually it was confirmed that he was Patriot Prayer. The person who got killed was Patriot Prayer. And it was announced to the crowd... By two black activists that uh I personally adore, I think they're great um and there was cheering it was nuts. <laughs> We're at the point where 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 crowds are cheering the deaths of our political enemies, yeah, I just want to yeah. get that into your into the audience's head. It's like. Yeah, you're probably in your like fun leftist bubble where it's just like, yeah, you know, like punch a fascist or every book, like I've got this gun that says this machine kills fascists on it or something. But like to see a crowd of a couple hundred cheer upon hearing about the death of a man a block away from them in a shootout, that shows a level of radicalization that 10 years ago I wouldn't have thought would be possible in America.
3: You put it like that,
2: it's like, abstractly, I knew that this would, this could happen eventually, but like, I never expected people Based.
0: <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it, <laughs> I, I want to emphasize that for an hour we didn't know who was killed and people were still sticking around. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, desensitized we become to violence here in Portland at the protests because there have been so many shootings that have resulted in no deaths. Or stabbings. And so when people hear about shots fired, they go, ah, damn, that damn 7-Eleven corner. You know, they don't go, oh, shit, everything's gone bad. We need to run away. That's not how it is anymore. People are out here to risk their lives now. That's how people see it. Uh, That's how people have been seeing it probably, probably since the feds, Um, probably since people started seeing faces caved in by tear gas canisters fired point blank. And so I think that puts it in, in a little context to find out that it was the enemy that was killed finally. The, 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 final, the first death that people were able to truly, like, experience at the protest. The first dead body to drop wasn't one of ours. And that did feel like a jubilant moment.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially after the killings in Kenosha. Yeah. yeah where we, we were all prepared to get shot at like that by a bunch of wannabe Kyles. and Speaking you know, of,
1: so... what was, because there was a lot of reports of what the cops and <laughs> the fact that the pigs in Portland had been absolutely, you know, totally hand-in-hand hand with the fascists since before George Floyd. What kind of shit were they pulling while there were literally fascists rampaging around in their Tonka trucks like macing people?
0: It probably took them a full hour to set up a crime scene around the shooting. They probably only set it up when they uh, confirmed that it wasn't one of the protesters who was killed. It was one of the, um, well, I guess to, it was one of the MAGA ralliers that was killed. And so, um, yesterday, the police largely, they largely just facilitated the uh trump motorcade uh-huh they uh they directed traffic um they did block a bridge after a fight broke out on it because uh counter protesters who um yesterday there were a bunch of counter protester groups in strategic areas around the city because we weren't sure their route And so uh, counter-protesters managed to intercept about 20 or 30 counter-protesters. Sorry, cut that. About 20 to 30 counter-protesters managed to intercept the Trump rally on a bridge.
3: Uh
0: And then uh, one protester and one MAGA guy got into a fight and the police just rolled up. Arrested the two in the fight uh, and made everyone get off the bridge, uh, including the MAGA types. But then they just took the next bridge. And um, it seems like most of them didn't want to deal with any kind of counter protesters. Or they just didn't know where we were. Uh uh-huh. But there uh, was there was a, a hardcore of about probably like 50 trucks or 50 vehicles that decided to come visit uh, the people down at the JC. And uh, the cops were just fully not present last night. They seem to be able to pull out 50 riot cops when people are trying to cross a bridge near a police union headquarters, but, uh, when people are getting in gunfights in the street, they just, they, you know, they just don't have the resources for it, apparently. Uh-huh. Oh, it's not important to them.
1: Fucking blue flu. Yeah,
0: no, the, the, the fundamental aspect that a lot of Portlanders on the ground get, but, um, people around the country don't get is that Portland Police Bureau fully facilitates and collaborates with the right wing, including fascists like Patriot Prayer and proto fascist ultra-nationalists like the Proud Boys and stuff. They they. F- they fully facilitate anything that they need, but uh, will crack down on any activity that is from the left wing. And that's why the police pro- the anti-police protests in Portland have been so strong and uh, have had such longevity is because we've had this we've had this history of showing up for all these counter protests against the right wing where we see like I think it was last year there was uh the proud boys had set up or patriot prayer I can't remember which one it was they'd set up uh, a sniper's nest on a on a parking garage and the police knew about it And didn't do anything. But they would absolutely. If they saw any Antifa. With deadly weapons. They would charge. The Antifa side. And so. Even though open carry of deadly weapons. Is legal in the state of Oregon. um, (laughs) So it was a thing that a lot of. The whole. um, Activist community. And people adjacent to the activist community in Portland had seen time and time again. And so that created a a symbiotic relationship against the police by anyone who was even particularly anti-Trump to the black community and the indigenous community here in Portland who are... who are oppressed so strongly in their own neighborhoods by the police. And I think that that solidarity is what has made this movement so strong here in Portland and has allowed us to just go out literally every night there is a protest here and fight the police. (sighs)
2: Um, what else to ask?
4: Yeah, I mean,
1: where do you think it's gonna go from here with how rapidly everything seems to be just going straight to the hot place?
0: Yeah, I think we're going from the cool zone to the hot place. I I think our time in the cool zone was (laughs) short-lived. Um... (laughs) I think I think a lot of the rest of the country will be headed to the cool zone, while Portland's in the hot place. Um, and <laughs> and I, I I do know that um, it's last night proved the the left wing, the anti fascists, BLM, um, whoever the shooter was. We know that our side, so to speak, is armed with weapons. And you. See, when you go out there lately, you see a lot of people um, on the protesters' side wearing body armor. You, you're seeing open carry of handguns. If you look very closely, you can find concealed carry of handguns. Um, we're seeing people equip themselves to fight any kind of fascist retaliation. And people really I think people online and I think the whole media class and people just in general who aren't even just here on the ground in Portland Um, really underestimate the level of organization and the level of militancy and the resources at the disposal of the left wing here, where um, there are Black Panthers in Portland. There's the Black Riders. There's the Brown Berets. This is all public information. And then there's, and then there's groups that aren't public. The the left has a lot better operational security than the right because we don't have police protection. We don't have, uh, we don't have like a, a nod and a wink from the state, and so people don't broadcast that they and their eight friends all have ARs and are going to the shooting range. You know, you don't see that. But Oregon is a very loose state in terms of gun laws, and every time I go out, I see someone open carrying. Mm. There's a lot of people who are ready to fight, and there's more organization than I think people really understand. Um, you can see on Twitter um, the the Portland Shield Makers they posted recently about having distributed 65 sets of body armor and a comparable amount of ballistic helmets. That is so many.
1: (laughs) These are sets that are like, you know, like $300 a helmet and upwards for body armor.
0: Yeah, a a lot of the body armor is... um, As far as I can tell, most of the body armor is uh, 3A, which is basically police-level Kevlar. It'll protect you from pistol rounds. But um, there are a lot of... Ceramic plate, uh, level four armor, going around, and that's that's a level of readiness and a huge amount of resources. That that has to have been like fifty thousand dollars or something, you Uh know. So it's it's a really impressive. It's an impressive amount of mobilization, and that's stuff that you could just find on Twitter just yesterday, you know yeah. um so I really like i I really want to stress to all of the people out there who are like despairing, like oh, civil war has come, I've seen so many like news articles about like militia. Raided by ATF, 20,000 rounds of ammunition confiscated, and 14 rifles, you know, things like that. And all these posts of like these chuds posing with all their ARs. Well, That's a maybe, maybe, maybe you see that stuff on the news because they're dumbasses and they get caught.
1: They have no reason to learn otherwise. They don't have the FBI crawling up their ass.
0: Yeah, occasionally they get into issues with the ATF, but they're not going to get, you know, Fred Hampton in the middle of the night. You know? You know,
1: we're, they, they've they never been on the receiving end of something like the MOVE bombing in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, and for anyone unaware, the MOVE bombing, uh, MOVE was, a, like, just a community self-defense organization. That wasn't even, like, particularly armed or anything. But the Philadelphia Police Department firebombed an entire block to kill them all. So, that's the kind of stuff that happens in when you try to organize on the left. So, people are a little more circumspect about their, their gun posting. And their, like... Group formation,
3: oh.
2: and it's like—I mean—one of the things I've noticed is that people actually gun posting less than they used to. Yeah, since all this started. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs>
3: Like I mean, sure, like, yeah,
2: If you were just doing this previously, then you know, of course, you'd get a post. It's it's your hobby, but now it has stakes.
3: <sighs> now,
1: yeah. going. I have a gun, and that's calling attention to yourself on Facebook. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, it, exactly. There's there's a lot of people who have decided to be a little more circumspect about like. I don't know, just the f- either, like, the fact that they're a veteran or the fact that they go to the protest and people know that they're a veteran, you know? Like, things like that. Um, I think there's a significant percentage of the United States population participated in the BLM protests this summer. And if you don't think that any mutual aid networks sprung up from that, or if you think that there was no significant portion of that that were veterans or were organized criminals, um, I think that you've swallowed too much of the liberal pill. You know? I I think that veterans are more politically active than the average person and many of them are marginalized in a lot of ways and have either de-radicalized from the right or radicalized to the left upon leaving the service. And then, of course, career criminals have always, in my opinion, been on the left In terms of just the underclass of, you know, small-time gangbangers and stuff like that. And you can see that element come out a lot sometimes in Portland. Uh Where a lot of people can remember uh, Riot Ribs or a couple weeks ago when that, like, random white guy was attacked while someone was screaming BLM um but there's a lot of expertise in violence and so i wouldn't worry too much about protesters getting massacred <laughs> that's my that's my opinion i i'm i'm saying uh don't worry so much <laughs>
2: I mean, it's like, I have a friend who,
0: who's who been,
2: like, on the left for quite a while, and she's been, like, you know, um, like, you know, she, maybe I shouldn't tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, the. basically, it's like, yeah, it's like, she... The thing was basically, um, like, I look at everything and I'm like, am I the only one who realizes that to get armed? And it's like, I think that this kind of speaks to that. You know?
3: This this
2: idea that, you know, you might be the only one with a rifle. Um, to, you know, go all Stalingrad against the rampaging fascist hordes, and...
3: And, And
1: the liberal press, I think, really underestimates the ease at which people who have been like, say, for example, if we're talking Northern California, Oregon, and Washington... Doing tree sits and blockades out in the deep wilderness where they're dealing with shit like loggers slashing their tires and threatening them with shotguns, and the police doing fuck all about it. Like, how hard is it for someone who already has that experience in those kind of conditions to then go, okay, we'll just add guns to the toolkit? Like the like as much as there's a lot of stuff in the liberal press about the right has more guns they don't really seem to actually know how to use them effectively to achieve like political ends yeah,
0: yeah. that's 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 another thing is that um a lot on the right are hunters or gun enthusiasts And there are some veterans, but they tend to, they tend to actually be less radical than a lot of just, like, the randos, the rando hunters, that kind of thing. Like, and then if they are that radical, they tend to be older and out of shape. So... (laughs) There's a there is definitely a difference because like uh, activists will come to firearm use in armed struggle from a position of politics, yeah, and a goal to be achieved, and the right will in general have firearms be a method of personal self defense. Or a method of inciting terror without any kind of uh, strategy or tactics. Which is why we see a man with no bulletproof vest pull guns on randos or start macing randos and then get shot and dies immediately like what happened last night that was that was in my in my opinion after having reviewed the footage that was a possible mass shooter stopped by a good guy with a gun and a bulletproof vest like <laughs> yeah. and that's and the thing is we're organized enough to where I don't think anyone will ever find out who the shooter was. To me, they never be caught. For real, I don't, I don't think anyone will find out who the shooter was. Unlike finding out who Kyle was like minutes after he killed people. You know? Like, yeah. there's, there's blurry footage and there's a chant that uh, goes around at the protest. What did you see? I didn't see shit.
3: (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: And if it applies to someone trying to set a Nazi's house on fire, I think it applies to someone trying to shoot a Nazi. So... (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
2: And it's like that's like part of me gets like, people try to like identify the shooter. Once everyone realized it was Patriot Pro, it's like stop, stop
0: trying Don't to identify. The, like this is that person that is, is going to get a way worse. Like that person. We'll we'll have a way worse time in court and in jail than Kyle Rittenhouse. And that's it. And I think it's as simple as that. And fundamentally, I don't think what they did should be a crime. And Uh that's about as far as I'm going to talk about that. Um, I'm glad to be back on the show, honestly. Um, Hopefully I'll be back again in fewer than two months. Maybe, like, the government will collapse and I'll be able to talk about more stuff, more freely. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'll have, like, some progress on some stuff, some above-ground stuff that I'll get to talk about on, on, the, on the show. Yeah, I mean,
2: it was, it's been, like, awesome to talk to you again, both on and off the record. Um, yeah, and I just—it's you know—it's a very—it's a very scary time. It's like, but at the same time, you know, I'm I'm optimistic. I really am because, like, I remember when I first had these fears in like 2006, 2007, and frankly, if she had kicked off back then. I mean, God knows what the truth would have been. We went end up. We wouldn't have lasted. It would've been a slap fight versus conservatives and
0: the far right and Yeah, that was yeah. that was back when the militia movement was still big and still riding off of, you know, the whole like fucking boom. trunk bombings and Waco and Ruby Ridge and
3: yeah, and before yeah,
1: like, like a nice
0: the, big rebuilding year
1: and before like the anti fascist movement was in a position yeah. to spend like four years absolutely eviscerating the far rights networks
0: absolutely, like I think that um, if you go back to two thousand and six, that's like what the first year of Rose City antifa, the very okay. first united states antifa like Which, again, is another reason why I think Portland has this. I think that if anywhere in the United States can fend off the fascists, I think it's Portland. Because we already did it. Yeah. In the 90s, the skinhead wars, the Nazi skins were annihilated. And then in the 2000s, those same networks that had been built up to attack groups like the Hammerskins, were then turned on groups like Nazi Socialist Black Metal. You know? Like, National Socialist Black Metal groups. It was turned on these hard-right other smaller militias and stuff like that, and that's where we get Antifa, you know? Like,
2: yeah. And is now they from... have to bust in, like,
0: more than half of their fucking (laughs) cottage. Yeah, and like, the half that they don't have to bus in, they're still driving in from like, 30 miles away. You know? (laughs) like You see the Proud Boys when they come into Portland, all their t-shirts say Proud Boys Battleground Washington. They don't say Proud Boys Portland. They don't even say Proud Boys Beaverton. (laughs) So, it's,
3: yeah,
0: It's definitely, it, it, it's, it's noticeable that we have won so many times in Portland, and I think that it's possible in other places, but I want to say that everyone out there who's really worried about this Civil War, yeah. stay worried about it, but try to do something. Yeah. I'm serious. Like... Start working on a self defense network. Start working on a community defense network. People are doing that in Portland, and I think that if, at least in the United States, that every city, every town can use the same work that we're putting in every day. Yeah. And it's like,
2: you know, given how quickly things kicked off and Kenosha.
0: I mean I mean (laughs) some suburb over the some suburb over the state line from Chicago can burn down because of just one spark hitting that tinder. And I think that you should prepare for that to happen in your community. If you're in Richmond, Virginia if you're in fucking Austin, Texas, if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, like, start working on that, because it could happen there. And... if you're in the Bay Area.
1: It's yeah. a pretty short drive from the Sierras, and like, the parts of uh, the Northern California Redwoods that went hard for Trump. Yeah.
0: You know? Right. You know, it's it's not too... It's the drive from Reading to Oakland is not too bad. So. Yeah. And I just want, like, I, I, I can't help but, like, end anything on a call to action. So that's, that was my call to action.
2: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. I mean,
2: it's like, and yeah, it's like, I absolutely am awesome because I mean, I'm not going to say that we're automatically going to win, but we, we're not going to automatically lose right now. And I, I think that this, this proves that. I yeah. think that, you know, we have, we have a shot, but only if we organize in more places than just Portland. Like, what we've done here And I feel reluctant about saying that because, you know, even though I'm, I live here, I didn't participate. (sighs) Um, But it's like, this can be done. There is no, you know, (sighs) there's no, like, silver bullet. You just gotta put in the work to build the network.
0: It can be done. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm going to be real right now. There's no official channels. There's no real playbook for organizing anything outside of your standard NGO. So what you have to do is you just have to start calling people up and get a meeting happening. Just get a meeting happening. All meet in, like, a park. Socially distance, you know. Do what you need to do. Meet in a big basement, you know. Um,
1: Just if you Well, and there's also like Earth First and the DSA and the Wobblies. They got some. They've got some shit.
0: Yeah. No, those are great networks. They're great. Like if you're in the SRA, there's tons of recruitment opportunities there too. The there's so many people looking for. A way to help. Oh. But it doesn't just happen. And it won't happen from any of the professionals who are doing that. Those people are busy setting up like a hashtag BLM nonprofit to spend all of their money on lawyers to lobby fucking congressmen you know like reduce
2: the headcount of cops in states where um grant recipients run a business for free year
0: yeah yeah that's that's what that that's what that'll all funnel into
2: <laughs> i mean what it's what you need like, to do is get, get your hands now. dirty
0: get your hands dirty and organize organizing isn't i used to think that organizing was something that people who are trained to do did.
3: Mm. It's
0: not. All it is is people calling people up that we, you know and asking, hey, do you want to be a part of this? Do you have any, do you have any, like, critiques? Do you have any ideas? Do you know other people? That's all it is. And then you get together and you just do it and i think that i think that people see it as a much more intimidating hurdle than it needs to be so get out there talk to people join up in your protests there's a protest locally go to it meet people get their names get their signals get their telegrams And just start asking what kind of groups are being assembled, you know, and see if there's an absence that needs to be filled. (laughs) And,
2: hey, if nothing else, um, when you meet people in person, verify their signal, verify the telegram. Uh, that's how yeah. those trust networks
1: are meant to work. Exactly. People on Facebook you've never seen before. Or met. Yes. You know. Yeah. Also be smart Please don't way.
0: do this over Facebook.
1: Yeah, don't. God,
0: no, don't! Don't!
1: Or, or, you know, if you are, do it in a way that's, like, completely 100% above ground. Stuff happens on Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah. Also, honestly even then, (laughs) try to keep off the Facebook and try to do as much of it in person, as much of it over the phone through encrypted channels. Because there will probably be people who are interested that have, like, a criminal record or are vulnerable in some way to the police in a way that you might not be able to take into account when you're posting. So, that's that's my two yeah. cents on social media. Um, even if you're not doing anything specifically illegal, there's, like, terms of probation, there's terms of parole, there's just harassment by police that can happen. Like, in Oregon at Rogue River, there was just harassment of BLM activists trying to get a permit. You know? All of a sudden, the people who were trying to get a permit, they were widely known and then getting harassed. You know? Yeah. So, that was a perfectly legal operation, and yet, they were subject to police and vigilante harassment and intimidation. So... um. I want to thank you guys for taking time out of your day to have me on again. I wanted to really, like, get my voice out and try to let people know what is happening and what happened last night with the shooting and how it's it's not really an escalation.
3: Yeah.
0: It's, it's violence that so many of us have been experiencing for so long it's just that someone who is generally too privileged to be affected by that violence was affected so if if you all are very scared of the civil war it's fair you know like, things are getting worse for a lot of people. But for some people out there, they've been at war their entire lives. They've never known peace. And I think that it's unfair to expect expect the peace to come from them. Oh, definitely. And When to expect people to not defend themselves. So, I guess thank you guys. Um, This interview might have ran a little long, but I had a lot to say because I haven't been here on a while. Um, (laughs) I guess I do this shit so you don't have to.
2: (laughs) Definitely. Um, Good luck out there.
0: Stay safe. Yeah. So it's St. Helen
4: signing off.